All right, welcome back to episode three. Uh, this is One Fourth TV. We got Caleb Joseph in the building today. Thank you for joining us today, bro. Um, no problem. So just a quick little background information from everybody. Um, you grew up in, I guess, uh, Nashville, New Hampshire. Um, just, just tell us a little bit about what it was like uh, growing up there and then your journey on to becoming uh, the number one ranked player in the state in high school. Yeah, man. Um, obviously, I, I, I was born in, uh, born in New York, born in Queens, New York, and uh, my family moved to Nashville real early just because it's a, a better environment, safer environment for all of us. And um, yeah, it was just different, man. It was just different. Like from a young age, it was just different. Um, I went to school with a lot of, you know, white white boys. It wasn't really, it, like, but I grew up with, you know, all the black and Spanish kids. Um, but yeah, man, basketball just granted me opportunities to play on these, you know, these club teams, these AAU teams that that I couldn't afford to play on. But because I was good, I just, uh, you know, they they gave me, you know, more opportunities. Um, that's what it was, and because I I recognized that I was getting opportunities that my that my peers weren't. I just quickly came to the conclusion that if I want to keep getting access to these type of things. I gotta be good. I gotta be the best player on the court. So, um, yeah, that, that that's how that's how it all happened, man. I, I just wanted a different life. I just wanted more, and I saw from an early age people treat you different. They give you more when you're better at basketball. So, you know, that that's where the work ethic and all that really really came from in order to become you know the best player in the state at that time. So. Um... I, I knew a little bit about your story just hooping together with you overseas. Um, mm -hmm. And I was just reading an article up on you when when you was in high school. Um, said you was in the gym early morning, I think getting about 500 threes, 500 threes a day uh, before the day even gets started. Um, not many guys develop that type of mindset and work at the, in high school. Uh, usually something like that wouldn't start to like college. How did you know early on that that's the work that it takes to be the best. Honestly, man, like from the time I was in like fifth grade, I, I've been waking up at 5.30 in the morning. Um, I just knew that I did not like the way I was living. Like from an early age, I just I just knew like something's got something's to gotta shake, man. Like, and basketball was, that was the one thing that I, that I saw granted opportunities for me. So, you know, I, 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 I just knew I had to do more. I knew I had to do more. I had coaches from an early age that, that, you know, that I saw and taught me about, you know, the power of work ethic. And, um, yeah, man, I, I just dove all in. Like, it, it was everything to me. Um, if it wasn't basketball, you know, at a young age, I don't know what I would have been doing because that that's the only way I knew how to make a million dollars in my brain. You know what no, I mean? And, and that's so basketball was everything to me. Um, yeah, man, I, I just knew I needed to do something. Heck yeah, that's, I would say that's most of the uh, young people growing up in our conditions. They either figure you, you're picking up some type of ball, basketball, baseball, football, or you're going to get into like rap or something. Um, not, not many options we feel like we have. Um, but, but fast forward into that. Um, you eventually picked up some offers from 
uh, Providence, um, Syracuse, and Virginia. Um, when did you kind of hit that stride to when you become this top guy around the state? Um, was it since the freshman year, or did it happen over time as it got to like your junior, senior year? Um, honestly, bro, I, I got my first offer when I was in eighth grade. Uh, when I was in eighth grade, I got my first Division One scholarship, uh, Boston uh, Boston University. Right. And, um, you know, again, going back to that, like, childhood and all of the trauma that I was carrying from, you know, seeing my parents struggle, um, I just leaned into that part of my identity. I just knew that, you know, this was the only way to make sense of all the chaos in my life. So when I got my first offer in eighth grade, it really just made me double down on everything. So, you know, if I'm working hard now, you know, this is this is this is the reward I get. Okay, I got more to go. Right. It just really made me double down on the work ethic and everything. Um, and then, you know, by my sophomore year of high school, things really started to, to kick off. I'm now, you know, one of the top 50 players in the country. Um, coaches are, are calling. So, you know, that paranoia of like, okay, I don't want this life to slip away from me. Everything's happening so fast. I need to really, you know, triple down. Yeah. So that's where, you know, the work really, really just, I just honed in on my craft even more. Um, but again, I'm working on all the physical stuff, but none of the mental stuff, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. All, all of that stuff that I was running away from is still chasing me. Yeah. So, so, um, Fast forward into that, uh, you eventually commit to Syracuse. Um, explain what that what that time was like uh, at your at your years playing at Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, c committing to Syracuse was was my dream, man. It was my dream because in fifth grade I made a decision that I'm gonna do everything I can to take care of my family, and going to Syracuse was a part of that plan. And going to the NBA was the next step. Um, so when I committed to Syracuse, it felt like I had manifest I had manifested that opportunity from fifth grade, and I had been it almost felt like I was living in some sort of movie, like it right. was just too good to be true. Like how many kids from New Hampshire get these opportunities? You know, I'm going into Syracuse, not only my dream school, but now I'm on the Wayman Tisdale Freshman of the Year watch list. So. It's like it's better than I could have imagined. The stage is big. The everything, the table is set for me. But again, I'm still running from all of this stuff that I had never processed from my upbringing. So, eventually, you know, it caught up to me, and it caught up to me on you know on the biggest stage in front of you know millions of people. You know, right. um, and that's that's what happens, man. So um, I'm gonna jump around a little bit. Uh, you you said. Uh... When you com committed to Syracuse, you felt like you manifested that from the fifth grade and then going into uh, what you do now, owner of a self-help tour. Is that kind of what sparked that interest down that path from that moment of like feeling like you manifested that Syracuse offer? The, the self-help tour, um, I feel like that's like a culmination of my entire life's work, like everything that I've been through. Um, every place that I've been, all of the ups and downs, like that, that that's what the self-help tour is about. It's ultimately creating resources and information to things that I wish I had when I was younger, you know, 
if I would have known how to identify, process, and manage the things that were going on in my life, the trauma, the chaos, it wouldn't have manifested in so many unhealthy ways throughout my life and ultimately, you know, show its face on the basketball court and my fear and anxiety. Um, you know, as athletes, we all have it, man. We all have it. We all have that fear of, you know, what if I can't play anymore? Because this basketball identity is all that we know. It's all that we have. We hold on to it with everything because of the life, the, the, the childhood that we're all, that most of us are running from. Right. So, you know, while, you know, while to some of our peers, basketball may just be, you know, just something we're doing for fun, you know, something, you know, a way to get an education, a way to enjoy your time. You know, you're going to be good whether you have this game or not. There, you know, the other side of the coin is, you know, there's, there's players who like ball is life. Like, it, like that, 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 you know, that phrase is so real to too many athletes because again, we're all running. We're running from the life that we have chasing a life that we want. And we have to, we have, we have to look at that and reflect on, you know, why, what am I running from? You know, what, what am I running from? Who am I running from? And, and why? Uh, and that's what the self-help tour is about, helping, helping athletes to, you know, create a, a real sense of identity so they're free to show up on the court, on the ice, on the field as themselves and, and trust that that's enough. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, knowing that that's something that um, most athletes probably deal with, um, even over the past couple of years, you had guys like DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love coming out talking about mental health uh, health. Um, still not people, many people are going to talk about it publicly. It's just, I don't know. It's just not something that everybody's comfortable with doing pub publicly. How do you, um, kind of get in touch with certain people and are able to help them bring that out and, and feel comfortable with addressing it? You know, honestly, it's about creating a safe space, like, I know that sounds so corny, but it's it's so real. Like, it's so real. It's about feeling, you know, creating an environment to, to where the person that's sitting across from you feels comfortable to tell you their biggest fears, um, to tell you the things that they're struggling with. And that shit is hard. It's really, really hard. But because I know what that looks like when you don't talk about it, I have no choice but to talk about it. I have no choice, you know, honestly talking about it, like, you know, the things that I'm struggling with now, I'm doing it because it, 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 it's, it's freeing for me. It's a liberating process for me to stand in my truth, stand in my identity, especially, you know, because I was running from myself for so long. And in that process, it allows people to feel safe to take off the mask and show up as themselves. Right. So, you know, people see me and they're like, oh, well, you know, thank you for for allowing me to talk to you and to open up to you. But, you know, I'm getting something out of this as well. It's a, it's a two-way street, you know what I mean? Like, I I need you as much as you need me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, how are you saying? You're, you're still getting something out of it. Um, you're saying it's a two-way street. And then, you know, now you're in the business of helping other people. Do you still, like at times find yourself like 
still struggling to to talk about it a little bit or is it just second nature to you now absolutely 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 i struggle with it i struggle with it every day every day wondering am i saying too much am i overexposing myself am i looking like am i am i being soft um i question myself every day but I have to remind myself, like, like the, the the confirmation to me is when, when kids come up to me after, after I do a speech or after I do a workshop, and they're telling me, I've never told anybody this, but I've been, you know, self harming myself for the last three years. I've never told anybody this, but, you know, I'm running from my upbringing. Also, I've never told anybody this, but, and to me, that is all the signs that I need to, you know, keep doing this work, you know, keep doing this work because I know that kids need it. Like, yeah. And, um, do you, are you able to see it? Like, yeah, you, you can see it, um, in a person when they're telling you, like, thank you. You've, you've helped me talk about this and deal with this past trauma. Are you able to see them uh, perform in a different way on a basketball court? Are they playing more free, not worried about mistakes and things like that? Bro, it's, yo, you don't understand. It's crazy. Yeah. Bro, you don't understand. It is crazy. I've seen players, like, literally crippled with anxiety, crippled with the fear of what people think about them. And all of a sudden, like, cashing out like taking yeah. people off the dribble like talking shit it's like a different person it's a different person and and that's just that it's so scary that like so many of us are living as a shell of ourselves and we can't even fathom what that true self that true version of ourselves looks like because we're so used to this anxiety ridden version of ourselves um you know, to be able to trust yourself again, to be able to just trust your instinct, right? right? Like, it opens up everything. It opens up everything because it's it's you're free. You're free to make mistakes. You're not you're not afraid of what I'm gonna look like if I miss this shot. It's okay. On to the next one, right? Like right. your 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 entire being isn't being, you know, shackled by worry and doubt. Heck yeah. So um, to backtrack a little bit, you play your freshman year um, at uh, Syracuse. I think you go on to play uh, one more year at Syracuse. Um, yeah. So ending that second year, are you? What, what, how are you feeling about yourself as a player within those first two years? Confused. Yeah. Confused. <laughs> confused. Confused. Like you know how that college system works, man. It's like. One day, you're projected, you know, National Freshman of the Year, Wayman Tisdale watch list. Mm -hmm. The next year, you're Sports Illustrated top 10 most disappointing players. Like, yeah. the, the highs are high, the lows are low, and I don't possess the coping skills to manage it. So I'm just confused. I'm confused. Like, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. um, I'm in the doghouse somehow. You know, because that, that sophomore season, my coach told me, you know, I'm, you're going to come off the bench this year, but you're going to have a, you know, a meaningful role. So first few, you know, preseason exhibition games, I'm killing coming off the bench. Like, 
I'm having 14 points in, in, in 16 minutes. I'm having 11 points in 12 minutes. Like I'm being productive. And in college, that though, like that's very, very productive. That's huge. That's huge. And and then all of a sudden, next game, I get two minutes. I'm like, bro, what's going on? Like, what what are we doing here? This right. is not what you told me. And now I'm in my head coming up with conspiracy theories, wondering what he's doing to me. Well, is he out to get me? Because I, I don't have the, the coping skills to handle the, the you know, the circumstances. So I went, I drove myself crazy wondering why this, why that, why this? So when the next opportunity presents itself, you know, I'm not, I'm not really locked in. I'm not engaged in what's going on. I don't even see that you know, this is, this is a test and I'm, I'm failing before I even show up because my mind's not in it because it's too uncomfortable. Exactly. So it was just, it was just a learning curve for me. Like as a man, um, as a player, I was confused. I was lost. Couldn't make sense of it. Heck yeah. So, so what, um, I, I've been in that situation myself. Anybody who's played basketball at any level, has been in a situation that you may get benched for whatever reason and you kind of get stuck inside your head trying to figure it out, uh, figure out why. Um, what advice do you give to someone that uh, may have been in that situation, they're in it right now, or someone who, who hasn't experienced it yet, um, but you know they will um, at the next level? Yeah, man. I, I think I, I, my advice to to all the athletes that I work with in this type of situation is – like one, it, it becomes much more manageable when you see the big picture, mm-hmm. right? When you see that everything that you're going through during your athletic career is going to transfer to life. And that life is way harder, way more important than what you're dealing with in your career. Exactly. It, it, it helps you to be able to have perspective to be able to recognize that the world isn't coming to an end, you know, things are going to be okay, but also it helps you like that perspective is what allows you to not get so caught up in the details of what's going on and the why this and why that. Um, And then it also, it helps you to mature as a man and as a woman, right? You have to know how to hear no, you have to know how to take a loss you have to know how to, you know, what, what, what that feels like. And you got to learn how to handle that and take it on the chin and sit in that discomfort um, because you can't run from, you can't run from that. And, it, and those moments are the moments where you have to ask yourself, like, is this what I really want to do? Because you're going to, you're going to ask yourself no matter what, is this what I really want to do? Is it worth this feeling? Is it worth not knowing? Is it worth all of it? And you have only you can answer that. If you and if you don't love it, it's probably not. Exactly. Um, man, I, I feel like there's so many life lessons in the game of basketball, and that most athletes they get caught up in the the ball is life. Like you take it to a literal sense, and it, it becomes your whole life. Um, and that can become consuming over time. Um, but fast forward, so you go two years at Syracuse. Um, now you're heading into Creighton. What? So what's what's your uh, mindset at this point? Do you feel like you're going to get a fresh start? Um, just what are you thinking heading into Creighton at this point? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a fresh start at this point because at that time, when you transfer, you have to redshirt. 
So this redshirt year, I'm I'm in the background, I'm quiet, I'm just working, got my head down, complete tunnel vision, focusing on myself, my mind, my body, my spirit, like I'm locked in. Um, that redshirt year was so big for me, so monumental to my to my life. But uh, you know, you know, fast forward to the following year where I'm eligible to play, and you know, now the conversation changes. It's you know, it goes from freshman of the year watch list to Sports Illustrated top 10 most disappointing players to top 10 impact transfers. Mm -hmm. So now the buzz is back, the conversations, people are paying attention. And two weeks out before the season opener, I tear my hamstring. So I'm like, Rock, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing here? What am I doing this for? It, that 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 emotional roller coaster, I couldn't get off of it. It felt like this just wasn't meant to be. You know, you start having those conversations with yourself, and bro, it was hard. So now, you know, I'm 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 suffering with a hamstring injury, practicing one day out for three weeks, practicing two days out for a month and a half, like just that up and down. Like, but I couldn't. You know, honestly, I should have just sat out again and redshirted again, but. I wanted it so bad. I, I couldn't let go of it. I felt like if I would have, you know, backed off and took another redshirt year, let go of it, that I would have just dissolved into the background. So, you know, I, I put myself through hell and, you know, it hurt me because now, you know, come game time, I'm sitting on the end of the bench and people are like, why isn't Caleb playing? Like, what's going on? Nobody knows that I'm dealing with this injury outside of the program. So it really just hurt my stock. Man, that's that, that's rough. Um, I feel like a lot of people get put in that situation, and they feel like, um, like I gotta make it happen right now. They can be coming from uh, poverty situations, and they're like, I gotta feed my family now. I don't have enough time to take another year. So, I know that that really sucks. Um, but to go back home to what you said, um, you had a crazy three years. Um. And so you go from uh, freshman of the year watch list, uh, top 10 most disappointing players, back to impact uh, transfers. How much um, of an impact do you think the media has on this whole situation of kind of putting all that pressure on the players? Bro, it's everything. It's everything. Like when you play at that level, like Big East, ACC, that media – they they don't prepare you for that. Like they don't prepare like, you for. That's like a step below the NBA when it comes to media. You got you know you in the biggest conference in the world, bro. Honestly, bro. Like in some programs, it's bigger. Yeah. Like you have programs like Kentucky, Syracuse, Duke, Kansas. Mm -hmm. Like some of these programs, it's like a cult. Yeah. Like it, it is, you go in there and you get completely sucked in. It is a cult and you cannot get out. You know, the, the fan bases are just insane. And for young kids who are, are going into this type of environment that lack, you know, real sense of identity, a real sense of security and who they are you can become all too consumed with the opinions of others because there's so many of them. You can't run from them. And 
now you find yourself conforming and trying to be this person and that person depending on what room you're in and that's real tricky bro that's real yeah. tricky um so it's it's everything man and and now it's it's happening from you know significantly younger age with you know these young kids growing up with social media growing up in the the highlight era like everybody's just putting on a front everybody's like trying to show out for the cameras and, and nobody really knows who they are exactly so uh by this time uh we're heading towards the end of the collegiate career at this time are you are you thinking about like uh you know meditating before games really focusing on like um getting the mental part of the game down or is this does this come into play at any part during the college career absolutely so that red shirt year um i, I, I switched majors to healthy lifestyle management and this major introduced me to emotional intelligence it te- introduced me to mindfulness practices it introduced me to breath work it introduced me to you know very holistic whole person approach to health and you know a whole person meaning mind body and spirit and um it really helped me you know connect the dots emotionally to what i had been going through it helped me learn how to process what i had been going through and helped me learn how to manage like manage my anxiety manage my stress and so now, you know, I'm having to use these skills that I'm learning in my real life in order to make it through the next day. Right. Um, come game time, my senior year, because this is the first year I've actually played in the past three years. Um, I'm going in now. Now I have to like fight to to earn a spot, to earn minutes on a team that already has established players who, you know, are in front of me because they've been playing. Right. Um, so I get these opportunities and I have to learn how to manage my stress, manage the pressure in order for me to show up and, you know, be productive. So that's where, you know, the meditation comes into play. The journaling exercises, the mindfulness practices really started to influence my behavior. And then I just kind of, you know, took it and ran with it going into my professional career. Cause now, you know, I'm, hundreds of thousand miles away and I, it's just me. So I have to, I have to figure it out. So um, now you're overseas. Um, I'm assuming that's when you go uh, actually get the self-help tour started. Um, what, did, what did that process look like for you? So my senior year after I graduated, I wasn't sure if I wanted to play basketball anymore just because I had gone through so much and I was just, like drained from it all right so i went out to california and i was living with my boy and uh he's a tour manager at the time out in la and uh you know i'm training and then i'm like i need i need a little bit of break like so let me go on tour with you so i go on tour with him and i'm hosting you know these these seminars between um you know artists and their fans and i'm just kind of talking about you know teaching them how to care for themselves and it was dope, bro. Like, it was so dope to be able to travel and just, like, see myself in a different light outside of being an athlete. Right. Um, but I wasn't comfortable enough to really, like, step into that identity yet. So I go back overseas. And during the off season, I'm having people reach out to me. Hey, can, like, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with that? 
So I started letting these kids just kind of follow me around throughout the off season. Like I'm in the gym every morning at six o'clock, just like I was my whole life. So I'm like, all right, you want this? This is what you got to do. Come meet me at the gym at six o'clock. Right. First hour, you know, of, of, of being at the gym, it's mindfulness practice. So, you know, I'm, I'm meditating, I'm journaling, I'm, I'm teaching them about all these things. And then, you know, second hour is on the court, you know, couple days a week it's time to get in the weight room take care of your body so i'm really just giving these kids the blueprint of what it takes to have a a sustainable career in this uh you know a balanced lifestyle on and off the court how to really take care of themselves from a holistic standpoint and you know the kids are fucking eating this shit up like they, they 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 it's what they've always wanted they're getting access to information that they've been looking for their whole life and so, you know, so then I go back overseas and it just keeps building every summer. I'm coming home and I'm doing now it's turning into a boot camp because everybody's starting to talk about it. So now I'm having more kids show up at the gym, having more kids showing up to the lectures. And, you know, now when I'm overseas and I'm struggling, I have these kids reaching out to me, you know, trying to get help. Oh, my coach is telling me this, it's confusing me. I got hurt. Now I'm out of the lineup. All the same stuff that I'm dealing with, they're dealing with. And, you know, like I said, you know, I'm helping them, but they don't realize that they're helping me. So right. it's we're building these relationships and it's just growing organically, you know, uh, uh, up until the point of what it is now. And it's, it's bigger than I, you know, than I've ever imagined. But, you know, just getting started. So um, at this point, um, are you are you still playing basketball or is it just you just all in on uh, the self-help tour now? Right now, man, I'm, I'm all in with the self-help tour. I can't um, after bro, you don't even know, bro. After after our last season together, um, you left a little bit early. But after I left, I went to the Czech Republic. Right. And um, that year, bro, that year fucked me up, bro. Really? Bro, bro, you know, you know, Macedonia. Was it the same uh, sort of situation was as being in Macedonia. Was it like the same type of deal? I guess, or was it worse? No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, shit, nothing was worse than that. Oh, like, <laughs> bro, you know that was hell, bro. Yeah, it like, was, bro. Bro, it was just like it had just been building up all season long, building up, building up, building up. Like not getting paid on time, not getting paid at all for months. Right. Not getting paid for months, having to show up and work for somebody who's telling you your money's going to be here next week, but it's never showing up. And then having them threaten you when you don't win a game about getting paid money that they already owe you. That's already four months late. The the living conditions, the not having like, bro, this like people don't realize like how much of a grind overseas can be. Just, how, just how, to how draining it is. is. Is that, would you say that's, um, it's even more mentally challenging than being at the top level in uh, college basketball? Yeah. Yes. It's, yes. It's crazy, yes. Bro. A lot of people want it. Like, they don't realize what they finna step into, though. They, they, because they, they, they fantasize it their whole life. So they romanticize what this looks like. But they don't, bro, it's, like, think about it. Out in another country, no money in your pocket. Like, you, you're, like, homeless out there, damn near. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, bro, they don't, like, how are they feeding you? Like, well, you don't have money to eat. Exactly. Like, it, it, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy because, like, the no, job really title is, is professional basketball player. But, 
bro. It is crazy out there. It's there's no like governing body to protect you in these like it's like the wild wild west. Yeah. So that year it was just so much one thing after another. That seventeen hour drive to to the FIBA FIBA, Boy, to the FIBA was, game. That was one of the craziest trips I ever made. Bro. <laughs> we we been here on a four day trip, bro. No no hotel. We we pulled in what a little. Little driveway outside of a motel and slept overnight. Like that was in, crazy, in, in bro. The, in the in the bus. In the bus, bro. The bus. It get crazy, and, bro. And That's when the game really gonna test you, bro. That's when you are gonna see how bad you really want it, bro. It, 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 what you just said. It, it's gonna test how bad you really want it, but it's also gonna test your 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 ability to reflect and be honest with yourself. Exactly. Because like why why am i doing this to myself why, why why am i doing this to myself why would i go through these length and measures that are literally killing me instead of going home and exploring a different part of my identity like why and and, and i get it we all have a dream like we all have a dream and we all want to chase our dream and i, I i'm i'm i advocate for that every single day but you have to evaluate why am I willing to give up all of myself for this? If you can come up and if you can come up with a reasonable answer to that, great, yeah. great. But most people can't. Most people can't. And, and, and like, like, I'm not here to say like what's healthy or not because I, I personally believe what's healthy for me may not be healthy for you. We are all unique individuals that require different things on some level. But we got to ask, why am I doing this to myself? Am I running from something? Am I running from other parts? Am I doing this because I'm afraid of what my life looks like without this? Am I do- doing this because I can't see myself doing anything else? Because I think I'm going to be a failure if I do walk away from basketball because I'm ashamed to show my face back home. We have to evaluate that. And and not to – I don't want people people watching to get – to get it misconstrued, like we're trying to scare them away from chasing their dreams and playing ball. The, the the point is just to teach them how to deal with it, to teach them how to, to let them know what challenges they're going to face and learn how to deal with it. Um, but it, it gets crazy, man. Overseas, even for me, bro, I've, I say I can deal with a lot. I've dealt with a lot, but that was probably one of the toughest things I've ever been through, bro. Um, People don't so, realize, bro. People yeah. don't realize that because, like, you're holding on to this so tightly, like, this is my dream. I got to make it. I, I can't so close. I can't let go of this. Yeah. Because you're holding on to it like that, you're putting more weight in your bag. Like, you're putting more, like, weight on your chest. Like, you have to carry that. Because if I miss this shot, then I've missed this opportunity. If I exactly. miss this, you can't, you can't even play now. Yeah. You 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 finally get to where you're at, where you, where you where you've always wanted to be your whole life, where you have this opportunity in front of you, and you can't even show up as yourself exactly. because you have an unhealthy relationship with the sport, and you it, it, you have to learn how to manage it if, if if you want to be successful at it. Heck yeah! And so, you know, going off of that, and I'm sure you probably deal with these rebuttals, probably not even from players, but from parents and coaches. People want to. People may think it's soft, or may think you getting in the way and 
kind of messing up the way a kid is thinking about the game. Um, when in reality, bro, everybody can use the help, no matter how hard you're trying to fight it. It's stuff that makes sense. It's stuff that we all think about, whether you say it or not. How do you deal with the the coaches and parents that may want to, like, I don't think I want this guy to come in here and, and talk to my mm. kids about that, when all you're really trying to do is just get the best out of parents, players, and coaches? Yeah, man. I definitely have seen some of that resistance. But honestly, after, like, one or two like real genuine conversations all all of that like resistance just goes away because i think ultimately it's you know the ability to communicate effectively is what's most important so for me it's it's in how i connect the dots for that specific person that i'm talking to so if i'm talking to a coach it's connecting the dots in his life to for and putting it and speaking in a way that allows him to digest what i'm saying so that he's able to reflect on how these struggles that his players are struggling with are the same things that he's struggling with and i think when when people can be more introspective it allows them to build better relationships with others. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> if I can help the coach make sense of it in his life, then he's going to, you know, want to then help the players make sense of it in theirs. Um, and, you know, showing him why this manifests the way it does for his players, for himself, for me. Um, I think that, that that's everything. It, it helps so much when I think a lot of times people just don't get it. Because it's, exactly. it, people aren't talking about it. They just don't get it until you, you know, explain it to them. You know what exactly. I mean? Um, do you ever or have you ever gotten a kid that because I feel like mental health is a real thing, but I don't want to see someone abuse it and use it as a reason for them to shut down. Like, um. I feel it's just it's just all in in how you deal with it. So do you ever get a kid that's like that just uses it as a reason to shut down or use it use it as a reason not to play hard and do the right things on the court? And how do you um, discern in between that? It's all the same thing. It's, yeah. it's all the same thing, right? Like we can. It's very very easy to you know be an advocate for mental health especially in sports up until a certain threshold, right? right? It's like we have a certain level of tolerance for how it actually manifests mm -hmm. up until a certain point. Once they stop playing hard, no, 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 you're just being a pussy. You're just exactly. using it as an excuse. Once it doesn't, you know, once you become so annoyed with it, you know, then it turns into something else. Now it's not mental health anymore. And it's just, you just are soft, right? Okay. Um, and I think it's just about educating, educating people into, and showing them that this is a reflection of their mental health. This is a reflection of how they internalize and digest all of the chaos in their brain. And their brain is their brain, it's not your brain. So just because you would do something a certain way doesn't mean that this person or that person will. 
So it's about, you know, helping people to empathize with another person's situations and to recognize that these are just kids. Mm. If you're not teaching them how to manage it, their parents aren't teaching them how to manage it. Their teachers aren't teaching them how, like, where do you think, like, where, where, do, why do you just expect them to know how to do this? Exactly. Right? Like, you, you, it, it needs to be taught somewhere. And ultimately, if I'm your coach, if I'm your teacher, and I can't give you the information in a way that you can digest it and apply it to your life, then I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing a bad job as a teacher. Right. Um, so... Because what you do, what you do specifically is exactly what um, Phil Jackson did with the Lakers mm-hmm. and the Bulls, mm-hmm. and they all went on to win championships. Um, and I really just thought about that, but how um, is this? Is this something that should be taught at an earlier age, even for kids that aren't dealing with with any type of mental health issues? Is this something that should be taught early just to keep um, basketball as just a game to where people can enjoy it? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is this is something that should be taught to every person because we all have a brain. We all have emotions. We all have feelings. And our ability to manage those things is what dictates how we function in the world. Mm. So if you lack more if if you lack a certain if you lack skills to manage these things then it's going to become unmanageable sooner than later and when it becomes unmanageable it's going to manifest in your life in unhealthy ways people don't really deem certain things as unhealthy because they become so normal Mm. just because it's normal doesn't mean it's healthy Exactly. Right. Just because you're taught to tough it out and just work through it and put your head down and charge through that brick wall doesn't mean that that's normal. Doesn't mean that that's how he- I mean, doesn't mean that that's healthy. Um, so this is something that like everyone needs. Everyone needs like because we all have a brain and feelings and emotion like we all need it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, what's so what, what's your plans for self-help tour? Um, are you? Target targeting a specific audience, certain ages. Is it just athletes, or you just reaching out to anyone who may want the help? I mean, honestly, like the the ultimate goal is to continue to travel the country and bring awareness and educate athletes on all levels: elementary school, middle school, high school, college, professional level, uh, coaches, administrations. Um, to, to, you know, bring awareness and educate um, about mental health, emotional intelligence um, in sports and in life and helping people connect the dots because we're, we're doing a bad job of preparing these, you know, of these kids um, for life uh, after sports. And, you know, that, 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 that happens at all different ages. Sometimes life after sports happens in middle school. Sometimes it happens in high school. Sometimes it happens in college. Sometimes it happens after your pro career. So whenever that transition happens, you need to be prepared. And, you know, the number, the stats in addiction, the stats in self-harm, the self, the stats in um, depression, they're all too high. They're all way too high. 
And if we can help these athletes connect the dots between their experience right now and their lives after sports, uh, they'll be much more prepared. Okay. Um, and we, we're probably going to wrap it up here, um, but just drop your, your social medias and emails and ways that people can get in contact with you. Yeah, you can um, you can reach out to me on my website um, at selfhelptour.com. Um, on social media, my, my handle is Caleb Joseph 15. The business account is self help tour. You know, if you're struggling, if, if, if you, you know, if you just want to talk about this, make sense of this, you know, reach out. I'm happy to, I'm happy to engage in this conversation. Man, I appreciate you stopping by bro. Big time, bro. Appreciate yes, all your help, man. Good catching up yes, with you, bro. Appreciate you. This.